Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. In the early days, it was scary. We had to shut down our clinics like everybody. We were fortunate that we had started moving to a telehealth model long before COVID, and we were able to pivot within about eight days to move what had been an entirely in-clinic experience to a telehealth model. In many ways, every company is now a technology company, and digital innovation is essential to success. And so the COVID experience has accelerated consumers' acceptance of using telehealth as a way to interact with their healthcare professionals. That let us really uh, gain share against our competitors. Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. These days, everybody's searching for the fountain of youth. It's a human obsession. So it's no surprise that the aesthetics category is already massive and continuing to grow. Today's guest is Dave Prokupek, CEO of Ideal Image, North America's leading aesthetics brand with over a thousand doctors and medical professionals who have performed more than 20 million FDA-approved treatments. Backed up by 20 years of experience, Ideal delivers affordable and effective health and beauty services, including laser hair removal, Botox, filler, body sculpting, skin rejuvenation, and medical-grade skin care. Prior to joining Ideal, Dave built a cross-industry career by leading transformational growth as the CEO of an impressive list of companies. I sat down with David to dive into the mechanics of Ideal's business model, the massive growth they are seeing in the health and beauty market, and how digital innovation is giving Ideal Image a leg up on their competition. Let's enter the arena with Dave Prokupek. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I've been in the consumer space for a long time. This was an entrepreneur's dream. I mean, it was a category that's 20, 30 billion dollars and growing. It was fragmented. Ideal is the largest player at 150 units. And the category of consumer healthcare had not yet adopted the things that we've done in our other brands, you know, of just how to be uh, consumer friendly and affordable. And I mean, I've always partnered with private equity and uh, it just had the best private equity owner and consumer. And uh, it was a no brainer. I always think the best ideas are so simple. Like how about a business that makes people feel confident and good about themselves? Like what a home run. You mentioned a little bit about the secular trend behind it, but may maybe just talk a little bit deeper on your total addressable market and how quickly the business is growing and the white space that you really have. You mentioned 150 units, which is like insanely small at this point, you know, tons of runway, it would seem. Yeah, for sure. And so big picture, 
The statics category is 20 to $25 billion. It's a non-invasive services for skin, face, and body. And on the invasive side, it would be plastic surgeons doing surgery. The consumer mindset is 70, 80% of Americans now, and I think around the world, want to invest in their personal appearance. There's a huge tailwind just about us investing in ourselves and to your point, our confidence. The technologies that we do to get rid of fat and wrinkles and make skin healthier work. And so that is a big, you know, just getting results for people, providing a tailwind. Social acceptability is on the rise. You know, the use of Instagram and people seeing results are driving it. And then our, our secret sauce here is we're taking it away from Rodeo Drive and Park Avenue, where it's largely been planted and taking it to Main Street. And, and we're just really opening it up through affordability. And it's just rocking. I would imagine, and this is just a guess, your core consumer might be women, but is this a service for men as well? I mean, are you what's, what's your mix and how is that changing over time? The core consumer is really broad. I think one of the things, it is female to start, you know, so we're probably 85% female. I think on the male side of the business, it's the fastest growing part of the space, especially, you know, the face, what I call the face, the issues of just softening, rejuvenation, prejuvenation. There, there's a lot of activity there for men and the fat reduction side of the business as well. So that's the fastest growing area. From an income perspective, you know, we have consumers who are 35 to 40 grand of income all the way on up to the super wealthy. And so the consumer is broad. Uh, and that was a key insight of finding the white space that everyone wants to look and feel good. We're just kind of in the second inning of all of this. Competitive wise, are you competing in like a really fragmented market for the most part where individual doctors are offering things like this? What does that competitive landscape look like? Yeah, you had mentioned it. So you got a $25 billion market category. There's 40,000 places in the United States that you can get some form of aesthetic treatment. About half of that are from cosmetic dermatologists and plastic surgeons. And then there's a bunch of independent med spas. And then there's a few of us who are really creating a branded experience in what we're, we're doing. And so that's the opportunity. We're 1% of the market share and we're the largest person, you know, two to one or three to one in terms of scale. And so it's, it's really phenomenal what I think we can do building a healthcare brand here in a very fragmented market. Yeah, and it would seem um, whoever's off to the races first will have a great chance of dominating the market. And I think partnering with L. Catterton, as you mentioned, is absolutely huge. One of the premier private equity firms in the world. What have they done for you so far? What do you see in that partnership? How's it going to benefit you guys? I've had the benefit of working with, you know, a half a dozen now of uh, the world-class private equity firms. And they've been great. I mean, that growth mindset and a desire to build leading brands. We also just in May brought in TPG growth. They're equal in investing in consumer growth brands. And as a CEO, just to have the support of wanting to dominate and create a world-class business and making about both growth and profitability, their network to talent. I mean, just the ability to, to, to go through business models and everything that they see out there, it's, it's invaluable. Scaling a company like Ideal Image means operating like a well-oiled machine. But seeking services like fat reduction and hair removal can be a very personal experience. Often, customers are sharing vulnerable information about their physical insecurities and desired improvements. I asked Dave how Ideal strikes the perfect balance between scalability and highly individualized client attention. So we've really created a, a business that's a uh, starts with a digital first model of a direct-to-consumer client acquisition model. 
We spend a ton of money every day on uh, lead gen in a way that no one else in the category does in, you know, stimulating demand around getting rid of hair, getting rid of wrinkles, getting rid of fat, you know, uh, skincare and all of that. And people fill out a lead form. And then we have about 500 aesthetic consultants who are set up uh, to have a personal conversation with you, Tom. So if you filled in a lead form to, you know, laser your back and get rid of your hair on your back, you'd sit down with one of our consultants, you'd have that conversation. And today we do it through a telehealth model where, where you and, and the consultant would make a deal and, and buy a package. And then from there, we've got a network of clinics all around the United States, and you can pick the clinic you want to go to and get treated you know, over the course of the next year. And as you're scaling the business, how do you maintain what is likely a very personal relationship with every single client? I'll just say this, you know, we, one of the key insights we found here is to give consumers a team. What we've done, a, I think, a good job of is selling the brand, and the brand is bigger than any one person you know, at Ideal. But as a client, you get an aesthetic consultant as a team to help you with that journey. But you also have the medical pros. We have 900 of them that are in our clinics. And when people are getting treated, those personal conversations continue. We fundamentally create wish lists for people of what their journey looks like. And we've been fortunate that our clients are willing to have that conversation with more than one person at Ideal. We know what they want. People create a safe environment for it. And, uh, and it's been really exciting how we've been able to do that. What's the attachment rate and why is that so important? Like how often do people use the services? When the business was started, you mentioned it's 20 years old. We were primarily a laser hair removal business. And today we're a full service aesthetics from skin, face, and body. And people, especially around the face, once people start and they want to soften wrinkles or fill in volume or, or get healthier skin, they're using the services one or two times a year it becomes just part of a beauty maintenance routine in many respects. You know, in the fat business, fat reduction business, people will come, you know, once or twice to get the results they want for a flatter stomach or, you know, less fat under their chin or whatever their uh, concern areas are. And then they'll come back for maintenance, you know, once a year. And so they continue to engage, you know, regularly. One thing I was thinking about, you know, for the last two years I've been sitting in my home office looking at myself on Zoom and not, not actually <laughs> thrilled with what I'm seeing. But how did COVID like affect your business, do you think? And what are you seeing now that the pandemic's kind of subsiding, people are going back out? How has the last two years been for the business? In the early days, it was um, scary. You know, we had to shut down our clinics like everybody. We were fortunate that we had, you know, uh, I've been here four years. We started moving to a telehealth model long before COVID. And, and we were able to pivot within about eight days to move what had been an entirely in-clinic experience to a telehealth model. And so the, one thing I'll just say is the COVID experience has accelerated consumers' acceptance of using telehealth as a way to interact with their healthcare professionals. And so that let us really uh, gain share against our competitors in that regard. I think the second thing gets to what you're talking about is people did get to looking at themselves more in the, in the screen. And, and so we, our fat reduction business was up, I don't know, 80, 90% year over year during, you know, COVID. And I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it was growing 20 or 30% and started growing 80%. And it's the same thing even in our skin businesses. And even though, and what I'll just say is today, despite people being back at work, we see in our lead gen business, consumer demand continues to grow. We measure that in just how many people are searching on Google searches, how many people are filling in lead forms, and we're still seeing, you know, 
15, 20, 25% growth in those kind of numbers. So even though we're back to work, we're investing in ourselves. To your point, 2021 was just a monster uh, for you guys. Performed almost a million treatments, up 73%, added 100,000 members, increased your medical professional team by 45%. 500,000 virtual consultations. You know, these numbers are like gaudy. Tell us about the tele-aesthetics platform. What is that? We have built our own. You know, we started talking about the lead gen business and being able to do these consultations. Uh, we, we, you know, so we do that through a tele-aesthetics platform. But we also, you know, once you're in the system, we will, you know, review your cases or help, you know, in many states, you know, you have to get clear before procedures. And so we're doing lots of uh, televisits every day with with consumers around that and you know look the future our chief medical officer is a you know world-class dermatologist and as we continue to expand you'll see us get into prescription grade skincare you'll see us get into wellness and other aspects that will have that televisit <laughs> not about a procedure in the clinic but about uh, body composition or women's health or you know, various you know, prescription grade skincare for acne and those kinds of things. And so as you look out at the growth, we're trying to have a model where you can visit us in a clinic or you can do business from your home to look and feel your best. The pandemic didn't just make consumers more accepting of digital services and experiences. Many now expect them. And AI and analytics technology are helping companies scale faster and target their ideal markets more effectively. I asked Dave what else Ideal Image is doing to embrace today's high-tech environment. I give ourselves, you know, a, a really good score for our size of business, how we've done that. I mean, early days, we built a team. So from our performance marketing team, our commercial officer, I built a team around experts in the credit card business, and they came out of Capital One and MasterCard and lots of places. And so we really leaned into the data about how to acquire and get customers at the right price. We've invested in the consumer experience. So, you know, we had to, now that we do these virtual consultations, we've had to make that experience personal. And so we're investing in before and after photos and just ways to have a good consumer journey. Our partnerships with people like Google and Facebook and others, and and really um, figuring out how to work to get to more predictive models has been a big part of our data analytics side. And, and today we're using AI in a way on just our creative process. We're using AI to figure out what are the emotional aspects of ads and things that get people to click. And we're replicating that, you know, what used to take months now takes days. And it's a big investment in people who have data backgrounds, and we're marrying that with medical people who know how to treat. And it's really been our secret sauce is to bring both kinds of folks together in the organization. Yeah. How do you think about innovation in in your world? You have the luxury of having a lot of capital and maybe competing in a somewhat fragmented industry, which gives you a great advantage. How do you allocate capital to you know innovate, create new services and things like that? Innovation is the a core of what we do. I'd say a third of our innovation is doing more with what we have. And so like, for example, right now, we're the largest provider of Botox in the United States. We are now just testing instead of having to go through a consultant that there's an e-conversion where you can go to our web, you can uh, book an appointment, you can give us a credit card, or you can show up you know, the same day for an appointment. And so that's a kind of innovation you'll see around our digital platforms to let you self-schedule, move your appointments around, you know, buy online, show up in the clinic and take what we have and give consumers another choice. So there's a big agenda there. And so investing in that digital platform is big. 
You know, on services, we're trying to stay within the 80-20 rule, the big categories. We want to stay in the most popular categories, the most broad-based categories, and the ones that work. The big trends right now are in, in just fat and body composition, obviously, hair, but the face, skin rejuvenation, and just prejuvenation, and anything around the face and skin, there's, you know, there's a lot of tailwinds. So we're putting a lot of calories there. And then we're trying to marry a service with wellness or a service with skincare or a fat reduction procedure with a, with a wellness plan to keep the weight off and that kind of thing. And so look for that kind of innovation from us of um, some new services, but repackaging what we have in a more holistic way. One of the key metrics I would imagine in the business is filling the funnel to drive initial consultations. And you're, I assume you're using technology and lead generation and things like that to kind of fill that funnel. How do you tactically approach like marketing spend and the execution of those dollars? How do you think about allocating that? Yeah, it's a great question. And so I, I even personally today, I'm probably 20% of my time on that with the team. So we top down plan by all of our modalities, laser hair, Botox. And so every day, every month, we have a daily plan. In our business, you know, we are spending to something called CAC or cost to acquire a customer. Yep. And so we know what we want to and can afford to get customers at. So we're innovating every day. And as long as we can get customers at numbers we like, we keep spending. And our business, lots of businesses, you have to come two or three times. We have an attributable business where we're six to one profitable day one on acquiring customers. So the team has a big runway to keep innovating. So that's what we do all day long. I think for certainly public and private companies sitting here in June of 2022, there's a lot going on, record inflation, supply chain issues, you know, war in Europe, a lot of volatility out there. How's ideal image affected, if at all, by any of those things? Or does it create an opportunity? Maybe maybe get a little bit more bang for your buck on ad spend, given people might be pulling back. How, does, how, how are you guys powering through the current environment? Look, we're continuing to grow. We're continuing to grow double digits through this current environment, but it's gotten choppier. I'll just say this. The consumer's gotten a little bit more fickle. They're a little bit, whether it's in the consumer financing and everything else, they're being um, cautious. We've had to raise prices a little bit based on uh, you know the other pressures, but the consumer spending to keep their basket flat to up. We're seeing uh, lead growth continue to be strong. And we're just, you know, we've expanded membership and we're just every day looking at making things more affordable or giving ways for people to, you know, take the right bite size for them. And look, MedPro labor for us, you know, the inflationary pressures of just, you know, costs, you know, it's something that we're, you know, we, we work on like every company every day. And, and um, the good news is it's fun to come to work at Ideal and people, you know, we're not curing cancer and we're helping people feel good and people want to work here. So we're getting through that pretty well as well. I had a question, which I thought was a really interesting part of the business. Talk about the affiliate program, the, the managed service offering. Does that function like kind of a capital light franchise model in a way? W what is that all about? We've been primarily a, a corporate unit operation, about 90%. And we've had a traditional franchise, about 10% of the business been a traditional franchise model. We've switched it here in the last 18 months to something called managed service offering. And effectively, that is like franchising in healthcare, but we are now signing up med spas who want to convert to Ideal Image. We've got doctor's practices who in our, we're providing a turnkey solution in their offices to uh, let them focus on their core medical, and we would do the Botox. And we also have people who are traditional franchise operators where we're giving them a turnkey solution where they act as an investor 
and we actually run the lead gen in the clinics and, and take their input. And so we're off to a great start. We've signed a bunch of deals and, and people want to participate in this category. And it's going to be a big part of our growth story. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think in the current environment, it seems like it's, it's a way to just scale the business uh, quicker with less capital. Correct. Right, that's what creating shareholder value is all about. And it's also, given our medical heritage, it's not just scaling faster, it's letting us access medical professionals in a way and let them continue to maintain their independence and, and build value for them and their practices. It's good for consumers and it's good for the docs you know, as well. Yep. You know, you've had a super interesting career, as I mentioned, the CEO of several businesses in different sectors. What are the top two or three things you've learned about growing organizations and creating value for shareholders over the last uh, 20 years? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it starts with a growth mindset. I really approach business uh, with a founder energy and a growth mindset. I think a lot of us, you know, our job is to find the white space. You know, when we were in the hamburger business, we didn't need another hamburger company. And so we were trying to figure out how to, how to give an elevated experience. And that's super important. Obviously, team makes it happen. And today, the use of data to uh, really get at your consumer and figure out how to scale the business is super critical. Whatever industry you're operating in, taking an experience that feels elevated and unique and making it scalable is a winning combination and very elusive. By taking advantage of the support from their private equity partnership and continually pushing the envelope on digital innovation, Ideal Image is applying this formula to aesthetic services and seeing it pay off in a big way. Welcome to the arena. We're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. One more big thanks to David for coming on the show today. What a cool business. They're right in the sweet spot of this massive health and beauty trend we're seeing, and it shows in their numbers. 2021 was a monster year for them, and I can't wait to check back and see how the company is doing in the future. This is Tom Ryan, and we'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only, and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.